Uh, today we have a very special speaker. Um, she's a staff member of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. They work on uh, college campuses. She's been doing that for 15 years. She's over at Pi Hop on Lake. Uh, she's been doing that for three years. Um, and she goes on um, ministry trips to the Middle East, takes people with her. Um, she's been doing that, I think, for a while. It's been five years, it looks like. Something like that. So let's, um, let's uh, offer up a big applause to Natalia. I'm going to put a timer on because um, I'm Latina and Armenian and we talk a long time. So uh, if you hear it go, that means I'm, uh, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Um, so we're going to put uh, 30 minutes and hopefully I can, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I've been here a few times um, with Miguel, um, who's somewhat in the family as he lives with Matthew and Charles, so it's an honor to be here. Um, we're going to talk today, I don't even know if I need this, I'm pretty loud, um, but we're going to talk today about spiritual hunger and what it means to be hungry for Jesus and, and cultivating spiritual hunger, right, not letting it die. Um, but we got to talk about physical hunger first because, you know, we get hungry like three to eight times a day, right, and God knew that and God made us to be hungry people. And so we're going to talk about spiritual hunger, but we're going to first open up with physical hunger. So, um, like I said, I'm Armenian, and um, I live on Washington Boulevard, which is the Lebanese Armenian community. And, you know, we have pita bread every day. Are you Armenian? Uh-huh. I know, I know. Um, we have pita bread all the time, and I love pita. I'm on this diet to get married to this guy in like a little bit, in 20 days. Um, and so I can have it. But this thing, this thing is what I want every day. Okay? And then I'm marrying a Mexican. And so he has his tortillas every day. If they're either fried or corn or flour, right? Mexicans live off tortillas. Okay. So there's different ethnicities in here. What is your staple bread? Share. Really fast. Rice. Okay. That's your staple. Chapati. Okay. Any other, other like, you got to have this every day with your meal. Three times, sometimes a day. Rice. Argentines have French bread at every meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, that doesn't get old. But, but people, we were raised to have bread. Kind of it, carbs. Carbs in our lives. Right? And we're going to look at a passage, John 6, where Jesus calls himself the carb of life, the bread of life, the, the staple, what you got to have three to six times a day. And I say six times because we have carbs all throughout the day. If you're on a carb-free diet, keto diet, whatever diet, it's hard because there's carbs everywhere, right? Jesus kind of boiled it down to, I am your carb. Isn't that cool? I am your carb. So if that's all you remember this week, this, this sermon, I am your carb. I am your pita bread. I am your non, I am your rice. I am your whatever it is, your tortilla. I am it. That's what we're going to talk about today. But Isaiah 55 is my, one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. It's one of my favorites. It starts with, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, 
and you who have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest affair. See, God knows we're hungry people. He likes food. Heaven will probably be filled with the best, right? But he knows on planet Earth in our very short life, we're going to be consumed with food. We're going to like food. And we're going to hunger for it. But he's trying to show us how to be spiritually hungry. And I, and I feel like um, that's my favorite topic. That's my thesis. It's not really hunger per se in physical, but it's spiritual hunger. How to cultivate that and keep that alive in your life. How do you keep spiritual hunger going? And so we're going to look at John 6 from his very own mouth. This is the passage where he calls himself the bread of life. Now, he just fed 5,000 people. Okay, so 5,000 men, 20,000 with women and children. So he just fed a lot of people with bread and fish, and he gave them a really good meal. And then these guys come up to him, right, his disciples. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, John 6, 25, if you want to follow with me. Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You're looking for me because you ate something good and you want more. You didn't look for me even for the miracles. You ate good food and you want more. See, he's bringing them in. He's bringing them in. Do not work for food that spoils. This is Isaiah 55 again. But for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Okay? This is his answer to what must we do to make God happy? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Whoa. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. See, he's so smart. He's talking carbs with everybody. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's going back to Isaiah 55, which these people will know, right? He's saying, do not waste your, stuff, your time, your life on what does not count, on really what will not satisfy you. And this is the question he's answering. This is like the issue that the rich young ruler came to Jesus about. So many people came to him, the rich, the poor, different ethnicities. What must we do to inherit life? What must we do to give God credit, like to make him happy? What must we do? Isn't this every religion? Jews have 600 laws. 
that they're trying to fulfill in their life before they get to heaven. More than 600. Muslims have too many to count. They are trying to live out everything to make God happy, to make Allah happy. Hindus, I don't know, but there's a lot of gods to please. Right? What must we do to inherit life? What must we do to serve you, God, make you happy for salvation? This is everybody's answer in our life. Everyone. What must I do to get to heaven? And Jesus' answer isn't go serve a thousand times. See, I was raised Baptist. I was raised in Christian schools in in this area before I went to Marshall with this one. I was raised, I mean, I was raised going to missions trips starting at 12. I've done it all. Christian conference junkie, um, Jesus freak. um, What are those guys? The band. I love them. Anyways, I was a Christian-holic. All my friends were Christian. I mean, I did I did everything kind of right. Check, 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 God. I did it. But it wasn't sustaining. See, he doesn't say go serve a bazillion times to get to heaven. Isn't that crazy? We're, we're service-oriented, but so are Muslims and so are Jews. We're service-oriented. In my Armenian church, they don't talk about friendship with God. They talk about when are you going to serve. They guilt trip you into serving all the time. And I go, oh, my gosh, we could be hollow in serving. We can be hollow, empty, without life and serving. That's not what God, what God himself, Jesus, answers back. He says the work of God is this. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Okay. So is that like just Natalia, like some abstract, I believe in Jesus? I believe in him. No, that's, that's empty too. It's fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit who reveals Jesus. It's every day in his word. It's every day consuming Jesus who's our bread of life, right? As much as you eat rice, as much as you eat pita and tortillas, you eat Jesus. That's what he's saying. Believe in me. Believe that I will help you with your car payment. Believe in me that I will heal your back. Believe in me that I care about details like your wedding. Like, believe in me. Bring me in. Intimacy. Friendship. That's what I'm about. Hearing God's voice himself. See, Christian culture never was supposed to replace Jesus. It's not sustainable. You want to know why? Because I have a lot of university students that are addicted to the horizontal. Me and you communities. They will march when something goes wrong. But when they're out of community five years out, they're not walking with Jesus because they actually didn't have the bread of life. And that breaks my heart. You got Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us understand who Jesus is. We don't even have to do our relationship without his help. He reveals himself. But it's about spiritual hunger. Not just now, the, the body of Christ, absolutely important. The church, vital to our life with God. But we can't just have the horizontal. We got to have the vertical. We need the vertical relationship with Jesus. We need spiritual hunger. And so whatever is blocking that, our, 
the lover of our soul, our eternal bridegroom, is going to take it out. He's about destroying whatever blocks that friendship, whatever blocks that intimacy. And what makes us different than Jews and Muslims is that we have the Holy Spirit. We have God in us. Romans, the mind of Christ. Psalm 16, those who have the fear of the Lord lack nothing. We lack nothing for this relationship. The bread is right there. Right there. When I was praying this morning, I felt like the Lord was saying, remind them that I'm right here. Like, remind them that I'm like hip to hip with them. That I'm not this abstract God far away on a mountain. Sometimes, like, we could believe that. I believe in you, Jesus, but you feel so far away. I've said that a long time, a lot of times. Jesus is saying, remind them that I'm right here. That as much as they see rice, as much as they see papita, as much as they see a tortilla, that they would see me because I've destined it to be like that. That's why I put myself as the bread of life. So that every time they see bread, every time they take communion, that they would remember and know that I exist, that, they, that I believe in them back. It's a two-way friendship. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I, I, am, I love that he does not want us wasting our time. And that doesn't mean you don't serve. But I'm telling you, someone who's satisfied with Jesus will be one who serves from a heart that's full. Like from a heart that's so overflowing you can't contain it. That's what he meant. He doesn't want you serving starving. Hungry. I come to church I come to Bible study, and I'm hungry, and I'm serving hollow, and I'm serving blah, 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 doing the motions. I grew up in all that. I served him very hungry. The Lord's saying, eat me first before you serve. Get me in you before you give it away. I can't give anything out if you have not tasted. And he's saying, oh, Isaiah 55, he says, taste, taste me. I'm really good. Richest affair. I'm really good. Right? Think of your favorite food. Jesus wants to be at that level, if not more. Right? I'm really good. Crave me. Long for me. I'm cheaper than $20 at that restaurant that you like to go to. Right? Like, crave me. And you know what? This isn't to make you go out and say, I, oh my gosh, what do I do to crave God? What do I do for spiritual hunger? Just ask. Like, he's, he'll give it to you. Just ask, Lord, I want more of you. Mercy of God, fall upon me. I want to experience spiritual hunger that I haven't had before. I didn't actually get spiritually hungry until I was 19, but I was raised in the church my entire life. I was about to walk out. Walk out. You know that 90% of people raised in churches walk out by their sophomore year of college. 90, that's why I became a college pastor. 90, but on the field, in the college campuses. 90. I was one of those 90 until the Lord grabbed me. And I became so spiritually hungered by his mercy. And spiritual envy of other people who were really full on the bread of life. And I was like, oh, I want that. God, he gave me a holy envy to be spiritually hungry. Isn't that amazing? Oh, my gosh. They said, sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me will never go thirsty, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He didn't even just talk about food. He talked about thirst, which we are thirsty 12 times a day, 15 times a day. So he's going to the basic everyday thing to say, I need to be your basic everyday person. So my question, no guilt or condemnation. My question is, when's the last time you heard from Jesus? When's the last time you really knew it was God? Not because someone you respect at church said so, which is awesome, but God himself told you, moved you, compelled you, convicted you. I said when I was 19 and even these last three years with Pasadena National House of Prayer, just a spiritual hungry. I began to go to the word of God, not just to know for direction, what do I do, but to know, to have devotion, to go to have his emotions, right? To discover his heart. It's a friend. If you went to a friend, what do I do? What do I need to do to please you every day? What kind of friendship is that? What do I need to do to please you to make you happy? Uh, That's awkward, to say the least. Well, you go to your friend to discover what they like, what they don't like, what they're feeling, what are you thinking, what's wrong? Notice something's up. That's why you go to your friend. He's saying, come to me for my emotions, not just for what my right hand could do for you in your life. Right? Something I learned just recently. Don't just pursue God for his right hand, but pursue God for his heart. Bill Johnson from Bethel says, oh, I fell apart when I heard this. He says a lot of pastors go to God just for their curriculum, for their, their, their word they're going to give out. But they don't go to God for them, for himself. I want to discover you for you. He says, is that not a prostitute? Are you not using God? And I was like, see, I got to go to God for God. How can I please you today? What brings a smile to your face? What do you like? And, oh, I'm so sorry, because that I know you don't like. Right? And it's this friendship. It's this relationship. And it satisfies. It satisfies. So, um, oh, amen, Jesus. Amen. So I have the time to share this. Anyone heard of Heidi Baker? She's a famous missionary in Mozambique. And she is really known for children, helping children heal in the name of Jesus and bring eyesight and hearing. So they training kids to go to anyone and give that, pray in the name of Jesus for eyesight and hearing. And she's also, uh, her and her husband have planted, like, I think, thousands of churches. I want to say 33, but I might be wrong. 33,000 churches in Mozambique. They're like, they won't come back to the, they, they were raised in Orange County, super Californians. And so they're, they're out there. And um, so she tested something. They were mostly all poor, poor people. And it was a huge gathering. So she took a bunch, and they're all hungry, starving people. And she took a bunch of moldy bread, rainbow-colored moldy bread, 
sends it out into the masses, waits a while, and then it returns to her exactly the same. No one ate it, not one crumb. Then she gets the bakery, the town bakery. She gives out tons of fresh, fresh, amazing bread. Not one piece left over. And she says, our world is hungry for fresh bread, not moldy, stale religion. Right? That's her analogy. That's what she See, if we're eating something three years old with God because we haven't experienced anything new, that's the moldy bread. That's stale. People can read right through that. They're not attracted to moldy bread. They're not attracted to religion. They're attracted to that fresh, organic word from God, that everyday new thing. Wow, you're so alive with God. Why? Because I'm eating him all day. I'm with him. I'm experiencing him. He's my bread. So we can't give out moldy bread. We got to give out the fresh, the fresh, the fresh. And that's all that it takes is going to him and saying, reveal yourself. What God do you want to show me? God, share with me what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Right? Not just 911 Jesus. Can't pay my bills. Oh, yeah, he'll be there. He's super faithful. But he's more than that. What if you went to your spouse just to pay the bills? I know I'm just entering into marriage, but that doesn't sound good either. Right? He wants to be like that. That's why he also called himself the bridegroom, the father. What if you only went to your parent for money? That's it. Right? So God longs for us to consume him every day. And the world is hungry for fresh bread. The world is hungry for fresh bread, not Christian culture. It's good. Church, absolutely good. But they're not going to come in and stay in due to horizontal. That is not long-term sustainable. we got to teach them how to have one-on-one Face-to-face, I hear God's voice for myself encounters. And so I just wanted to um, just pray for people that are, are interested in just, I want to hear God more. I want this spiritual hunger. I want, I want this. I need it. Because God is more than faithful to answer this prayer. More than faithful to answer it. And, and he knows that, that bread really comes from heaven. He knows that bread really comes by Jesus and Jesus alone. This, much as I love it, and I will be here to give it away afterwards if you're really hungry for pita because I probably sold it. But this I'll be hungry for in three hours. I'll still be hungry for it. But Jesus never runs dry. Jesus Never, his well never runs dry. He never has nothing to give you. He always gives you the bread, the bread of life that's fresh. So I'm just going to um, pray right now 
um, for, for us to experience more spiritual hunger. I want it more. I can never get enough, right? More spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst. And, and as much as we love each other and we need each other, this is always second. That's why the great commandment says love God with everything and then love others. And so we try to love each other without this one being in line. And so God's like, oh, put me first. I'm your bread. That other, that other people and physical bread, important. You got to live. You got to eat this to live. But I am not a substitute. I am number one for the real bread of life. So, God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are so committed to our spiritual hunger. You're so committed to us hearing you. In Isaiah 55, listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. God, I pray more and more life for all of us, God, in our lives with you. God, listen. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. God, you want us living life abundantly. You don't want us starving. You don't want us hollow. You want us filled. God, we pray for spiritual food. We pray for bread of life, Jesus, in our days. We pray to hear. God, I pray a blessing on everyone's spiritual hearing. I bless them to hear you more and more. I bless their eyes to see you throughout the day, God, their spiritual eyes. And I bless their hunger, their spiritual hunger. I bless their spiritual hunger to want you more and more. Thank you, God, that you're in charge of this, that we can't make it ourselves. All we have to do is come to you. The invitation from Isaiah to John 6 to the whole Bible is, come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. God, we want to come to you. Let us come to you. Right now we're going to have a time of offering.